scientist, I'm a fitness educator, but essentially I'm teaching people how to walk. Let's face it, we kind of all been walking since 14 months of age, so by the 10,000 hour rule, think we'd be pretty good at it. But in fact, we don't. And whilst the message is globally about the power of walking and walk more, actually we are completely negating the crux of this, which is actually how well we do it, the quality of our movement pattern. The program has been scientifically verified and proven to significantly improve your posture, to strengthen the knee and the ankle, that's really important for where lots of people are with discomfort in their bodies, and also scientifically proven to help you walk up to 24% faster. It does have a physical implication, but I also think it has a very powerful psychological and emotional um, implication, because when you are more open with your body, it changes your vista, your optic flow changes, the way people perceive you, it changes, your breath changes, your diaphragm can move differently. So it has huge implications psychologically and emotionally, as well as obviously Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid, subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. This week's podcast guest is Joanna Hall and we talk all about walking. Now I have to admit walking is something that we all do. Do we really need a podcast on this? You're about to find out that we often walk in an efficient way, but not in an effective way. We're spinning our wheels in the mud without ever really getting serious traction. And there's a whole bunch of suboptimal patterns when your muscles are being lazy that we fall into. And then that compromises our posture. It compromises how we breathe. It compromises our outlook on the world. There is so much that is available to you if you learn to walk better. And one of my favorite things about learning to walk better through this walk active system is that walking is actually something that you do in between all the other things. You know that quote where they say life is what's happening in between all those moments where you're making plans for life? Walking is that thing that you're doing in between all those moments where you're like, oh yeah, I should go to the gym and I should go do this activity. I should be going to do that. When that going in between is when you're actually walking. So imagine if you could optimize that walking. Like one of my favorite books, 12 Rules for Life, Jordan Peterson, rule number one is stand up straight with your shoulders back. Now that is just posturally why you're standing. Imagine if you could unlock a gate where every time you're walking, you're actually walking with grace. You're walking effectively. You're opening up your breath. You're tuning into your physiology really well. Imagine the vista, just the mindset and mindscape that's available to you from a really open space, the joy. And we talk about chi and the way it flows in your body. We talk about the four key places that you really need to address. There's four areas in your body that you can start this practice already. Four things you need to stop doing in those four areas and four things you need to start doing, one in each of those areas for you to be able to walk active and to be walking with greater fluidity so you can unlock 
this body, this God-given sacred body of yours to be able to navigate life in a better way. And who knows, maybe this replaces your relationship with the gym. Maybe it's a whole nother practice of mindfulness for you. But really, I know this will be something that absolutely changes your relationship with life and also your outlook on life and also your emotional state and well-being for the life that you're living. And also what's ultimately really present for me as well is that conversation we have with Dr. Bessel van der Kock around the body keeps the score and your body actually holds these traumas and these patterns in it which actually reflect emotional stuckageness, if that's a word, and also like trauma, injury, all this stuff, your body actually holds onto it. And when you're walking and navigating space in this stuck way, Yes, you're perpetuating it, but also you're not articulating yourself to your fullest expression. Learning how to move openly and freely actually is a physical healing process that unlocks emotions in your body. And therefore, I would reach as far as saying potentially healing little T, big T, maybe, I don't know, I'm not qualified to say, but healing traumas in your system for sure. So it's an incredible conversation about what it means to be able to flow freely in your body. It's definitely a healing conversation. It's a profound conversation. I think you're going to get a lot from this one. Enjoy. For those tuning into the audio of this podcast, Joanna's been really graceful, really, really generous in giving away a lot of her work in the video on the YouTube. So this is probably one of those episodes which I would highly encourage you to go check out on YouTube because she actually gives physical demonstrations and examples of how to navigate some of this work posturally. Um, yeah, you can still follow along in the audio. There's absolutely no qualms about that. There's a lot of philosophical stuff about the philosophy of how to walk better, which is really important for you to grab. But if you want to follow along to some of the actual demonstrations, the practical side of things, you will want to tune into the video. So maybe if you're tuning into audio, tune in and then you know come back to the YouTube to check out some of the examples as well. Welcome back to the Inspired Evolution. And we have with us Inspiring Our Evolution today, an activist, a walk activist. I shouldn't say that. She's the founder of Walk Walk Actives. I knew I was going to say walk activist. Joanna Hall, how are you there? I am really, really well. Thank you, Amrit. Thank you so much for being on the show. And yes, you can say walk activist um, because that's really what it is about, helping people walk better. And yeah, let's make it a cult. Let's be a cult. <laughs> I, I really feel like when I tune into it, it's there is a revolution at hand when I tune into your work. So I hence the activist side of it. It is called Walk Active. For those tuning into Joanna for the first time, give me two seconds. I'm just about to do the honours. She's the passionate founder creator, like I said, of Walk Active. Um, it's an effective walking system, and we're going to find out more about what that means to her. It's an educational walking program, helps individuals look, feel, and perform better through walking. It's scientifically verified. It helps improve posture, which I'm really what brought, what, that's really what drew Amrit into uh, Joanna's work, but it also helps reduce joint strains and knee uh, for the knee and the ankle. It increases walking speed by up to 24%. I think that's really interesting, and it helps improve body shape. Now, obviously, walking being one of those low intensity stress body active uh, activities on the body is a really great form of cardiovascular exercise for everybody the interesting thing though is that walk active is more than just walking and i want to find out more about that i remember joanna and this is going to be a bit of an interesting place to start the podcast which is i remember when i went and i got diagnosed with depression not the my finest hour but you know it was a moment in time and my gp at the time prescribed me a breathing exercise And I remember her going, you know, try this breathing exercise for, you know, your like stuff that's going on for your mind mind state. And I was just like, breathing? Really? Like I do this every day. 
and then I sort of I sort of had the same like walking, really. Like we all do this every day, <laughs> and I don't want to sound rude, but you know, I guess the place to start is yeah. Like, aren't we all walking around all the time? What's wrong with what we're up to? Totally, Amrit. I'm. I so hear you, and um, I don't know if your your listeners are familiar with um, Hans Christian Andersen, but he used to write fairy tales, and one of his famous fairy tales is about the Emperor's new clothes, and it's about these two thieves, and they steal themselves into the royal palace, and they kind of con him about how they're going to make this incredible outfit, and anyway, they they make this incredible outfit, but actually it's of thin air. So the Emperor parades around his royalty and around his kingdom completely in the naked new, okay? And sometimes when I think I'm talking about walkative, which is all about helping people to look and feel and perform better with every single step they take with walking, I sometimes have that kind of image at the back of my head because I am a sports scientist, I'm a fitness educator, I have 30 years in industry, but essentially I'm teaching people how to walk. And let's face it, we kind of all been walking since 14 months of age, so we, by the 10,000 hour rule, think we'd be pretty good at it. But in actual fact, we don't. Um, and as a, as a sports scientist, the concept behind it really is that we walk suboptimally. And whilst we do put one foot in front of the other, the actual movement pattern that we have to create that movement of moving from point A to point B is not effective. And is not as effective as it could be for our posture. It's not as effective as it could be for our pace. And I'm using pace as a very broad term, not necessarily about pace as in you've got to walk fast to have a fitness improvement because there's so much really interesting science now and evidence about the pace that you can walk at can have different stimuli for your cognitive well-being, for your creativity, for your mental well-being, as well as your dose response, physiological health improvements, as well as obviously your cardiovascular, the good old heart and lungs, and getting that strong and fit. So I use the word pace quite loosely, but it is all about how we move our body. And whilst the message is uh, globally about the power of walking and walk more and the quantity of walking and everybody get out and do more, actually, we are completely negating the crux of this, which is actually how well we do it, the quality of our movement pattern. And as a fitness educator, literally having trained thousands of people in terms of different uh, fitness genres through my um, career, I keep coming back to walking because it is the foundation of everything that we do. We're going to be doing it today, tomorrow, next week, next decade. We can do it cross-generationally. So there's a huge... Um, source of joy there and source of connection and source of opportunity for community to really have something that's powerful for our mind as well as our physicality. But we do walk incorrectly. We walk suboptimally and we walk suboptimally for three kind of broad reasons, really, if, Amrit, if I can Please, share that with you. Yes, and hit the, me with and the first one, The first one actually relates to our uh, muscular and physiological imbalances. So we do within our body have certain muscle groups that are naturally stronger than others. And there are certain muscle groups in the body that are naturally weaker. And I like to think of the muscles that are strong, almost a bit like being the bully in the playground. So whilst we can kind of still kind of strengthen and train them or try to sort of quieten them, they are the bully. They want to like, yeah, I am the bully. I want to kind of do this. And so it's quite difficult 
to, to quell that. So we have this muscular imbalance. So that's one element of what I would call this triangle of problems. And then the other problem is actually our own lifestyle. So maybe we spend quite a bit of time in a sedatory position, um, seated. Maybe it's the nature of our digital world that we work in now. We're working from home, we're working our desk. We're very screen orientated. Um, maybe we're in a caring profession, whether that is a caring work uh, situation or whether actually it's within our home life and we're actually caring for our young ones or we're caring for an elder, elderly relative, that whole physical movement pattern of caring and sharing and showing empathy creates a physical shape in our body. Um, as well as obviously maybe being in a car, which many of us have to be now through necessity, whilst we're all trying to lead and be aware of a more sustainable lifestyle, the nature of how our cities are created and how our lives have evolved, we are quite car dependent, even though we may not want to be. So the nature of the, our lifestyle also has an impact on our movement pattern. And the third thing, which is actually really quite interesting, is our own physical story. We all bring our own physical story to this situation. So whether that is because we've had an operation, our surgery, whether we actually have had an injury, whether actually we have a slight muscular imbalance, but we'll have our own personal story. So the combination of that triangle of muscular physiological imbalances through aging and what happens physiologically, through lifestyle and through our own physical story creates this situation whilst our intentions are well-meaning to walk from point A to point B, our muscle recruitment pattern is not the optimal recruitment pattern to actually optimize the results from our walking. And that translates into maybe people having lower back discomfort, maybe discomfort in our knees, maybe actually feeling that uh, you're not getting results from your walking, okay? Whether those results are change of body shape, whether those results are actually helping you know, look after our joints because maybe you're a runner, but you gave up running because your joints just feel a bit like, oh, it doesn't feel quite so good for me, but you're not quite getting that joint reduction that you would like maybe from walking and you're still feeling that. Maybe actually you're struggling a bit with your breath because your posture has a huge implication on your breath. So there are so many benefits of actually really taking the simplest thing that we all do every day at, right through our day and actually doing it to the best of our possible ability and I would give you an analogy so say say Amra you and I want to play tennis at the weekend I don't know about you but my serve is pretty rusty and I get that whole, my yips like oh my god it's my serve ah! you know or gone or something like that you know so I kind of like well, Amra's pretty competitive so I better improve my serve and I better up my game so I might go to a coach and I might actually have some improvements in my serve. Yeah, we appreciate there are motor skills involved to, in that activity. There are skills and techniques that we can learn, we can employ, we can apply that actually improves our serve performance. But actually, more than that, it will give us more joy in the activity. So it's that concept as a sports scientist and a fitness educator of actually taking that concept of something that we all do and we completely kind of forget about it because we just do it the whole time. But actually, why wouldn't we want to do it to the best of our ability and really work with the lifestyle that we have, work with the physiological imbalances that we are, you know, imprinted within us because of how we are, as well as our own physical story. And when we go to put one foot in front of the other, we want to try to use the right muscles 
in the right way at the right time and in the right sequence. So it creates a movement pattern all through walking that really does have quite a profound impact on helping us look better and feel better and perform better. And that's really as contentious as it may sound. I'm the walk active coach and I can help you walk better. And that's what it's about. And I want people to open their mind and people might be listening thinking, oh yeah, yeah. And that's absolutely fine. But I would invite you to kind of think about it because our intentions can be well-meaning, but our lifestyle and physiological imbalances and stress and emotions all create these constraints which translate into something that is less effective than it can be. One of the points where I really started to seek out your work was I noticed, and this is, I love the muscular imbalance, the lifestyle and your physical story. Those three key points, very interesting because I found whenever we were, I was at a red light looking to cross the road, there was a real sense of impatience within me. And I was always first out of the blocks yeah, trying to get to the other side of the road quicker than everybody else. And I was like off on my way. I didn't want to get caught and stuck. And when I really started to notice this, I'd be 200 meters away and I'd be smoking everybody else while I was walking. And for me, in the back of my head, it was like, there is a conscious, like you're walking. So, you know, make the most of you being able to walk around and, you know, burn some calories while you're at it sort of vibe, right? Um, But the key thing I started to notice after just bringing a bit of awareness to this was I'm actually driven a lot by it wasn't so much that I wanted it wasn't coming from a good place it was coming from this somewhat like pent up like I would tighten up and it was this rush this sense of urgency that was driving me and I've had a few conversations on the podcast right now around the nervous system and I was realizing it was coming from a real jacked fight or flight kind of place it wasn't from a place of hey I'm going to enjoy movement and here I go like the joy that you're describing describes a freedom of movement and that's really what I've come to love about your work it's like yes there's the freedom of being able to like express and articulate your body through walking really fully and there's a joy that emanates from that like the coaching in the tennis example that you described whereas for me when I was committing to these when I found these little pockets where I was just left to my own vices and taking off of the, I was like, oh, I think there's like this real undercurrent of my physical story and there's this stress pattern that I can notice in my walk. And I started to go, okay, surely there is a different way to approach this. And the kookiness in me, this is Amrit Kooky 101, right? Started looking at like, how do we, you know, walk in alignment to our nervous system? How do we deregulate? How do we use, because I'm sure in most cultures, like I'm picturing those people in Japan with their beautiful gardens and they're walk, taking walks in the afternoon as the sun is setting, they're using it as a way to regulate their nervous systems rather than deregulate. Um, and this became my fascination. Now, I'm conscious that usually what happens is when I'm interviewing somebody, very rarely are they this passionate about something if they haven't had their own challenges <laughs> around it. So I've shared my challenges. I'd love to hear some of your challenges, potentially what brought you to this work. Um, yeah, tell me. Can I just say I love for you led me into that question. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa, baby. Oh, yeah. Um, no, yes, with pleasure. Um, 
so I can relate to several things that you're saying there about being a high achiever and you want to do really well, you want to do well for yourself, but also you want to do well for other people. You know, it's like kind of giving and this, you know, doing more. So I completely and utterly understand that. It's that kind of concept of, you know, perfectionism or if you want to coin, coin that, which translates often to physical and mental approach to stuff. Well, but I don't actually, want to interrupt, but pardon the pun, there's a, there's a striving energy. It's called striving. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then walking is striving. So sorry, I had to interject, but please continue. No, no, no problem. Um, so... So really, I've always, just to go right back to the beginning of my career, um, I have a master's degree in America. I went to the States and I did a sports medicine internship um, specializing in body composition change within the corporate sector. Um, But I've always been really interested in actually programs that are evidence-based and really allow you to fit with your lifestyle because I think that's the crux of it you know this whole thing of like going to the gym and finding out those hours three times a week you know we kind of in some respects led to believe that that tick that's going to tick the box and in actual fact there's all those other hours in our day of how we navigate our body move around ourselves mentally that has such a powerful impact so that's kind of always really interested me that I thought we're kind of chasing the wrong end of the stick here. It's actually what we do outside of maybe that traditional gym environment. So that really kind of has driven a lot of my work, my books, my media work and programs I've led. Um, and But the real kind of light bulb moment, if you want to say that, of where Walk Active really kind of gave birth was actually when I was pregnant. And I was 11 weeks pregnant with uh, our daughter. Uh, so I've kind of given the game away a little bit. But essentially... Five years prior to that, I had had an ongoing, really bad grumbling appendix, but we didn't know it was a grumbling appendix. So you and I could be going out having coffee and everything would be fine. And then literally I'd get this excruciating formulaic pain. And I knew that within literally four hours, I would then be sick, sick, sick for about 48 hours, vomiting, just really, sorry to be graphic, but just really not well at all. It wiped me out. And that went on for about five years. It would happen every nine months. Um, Never really got to the bottom of it. I was admitted to hospital, lots of different tests, never got to the bottom of it. Anyway, same pain, same formula pain started when I was 11 weeks pregnant. We hadn't told our family. Um, This was uh, our first baby. We had been trying for a while. So, you know, anybody who's a parent out there, you know the emotions, all those things going on. And so I got taken. So I was scared, really, really scared. We had to sign a form that we could lose our baby. And I was actually in the hospital for 24 hours before they were actually able to diagnose it. And the radiologist came in, slapped me on my tummy, did the sonography up here and said, it's your appendix. And it's really inverted, really twisted, and we have to operate now. Form comes out, sign the form, you know, you can lose a baby, but then we have to do this now. Um, so have the operation, come round, and I'm the bit real woozy, woozy head. And my husband is at the end of the bed speaking to the surgeon and the surgeon is saying, I'm really sorry. The operation didn't go that well. It was really difficult to find the appendix and your wife is going to be really sore. So it wasn't keyhole. It was, he said, I went in twice. We had a good old rummage. It was way up here. Okay. It's going to take her quite a while to recovery. So I'm like, oh, okay. Coming right. Anyway, as a sports scientist where, you know, I have an understanding of physiology, I use my body professionally I love the idea of movement I was scared scared because it's a point of transition in my life scared because it's a point of transition physically and scared because I wanted my baby hopefully to grow healthy and my baby to grow like that but at the same time have 
I've just had deep abdominal surgery twice and this I'm going to have scar tissue in here. So I share that story because for several reasons, that really is where Walk Active came from because it was like, my goodness me, I really need to heal myself with something that I can do that's gentle on my body, but nurturing, but really beneficial for my posture because I thought my posture is going to be shot to bits with scar tissue, center of gravity changing, belly growing, abdominal wall stretching, lower back. Oh my gosh, you know, how am I going to... So it came from a, a quite a very personal, selfish, if I can use that word, space. I never set out to create this system that would be really powerful to literally thousands of people across the globe. Um, so I set about using my knowledge as a sports scientist to, to walk myself better, walk myself better for posture, and then walk myself better for fitness, because I wanted to be fit during my pregnancy. Uh, my belly grew, my scar tissue is still there, <laughs> um, and we have a 17-year-old daughter who's just about to go to the state of university. So it all kind of comes good. But what happened was I then started to teach how I kind of taught myself I started to teach it to my clients and my clients going, wow, this is really good. Can you do more? You know, can I have more of this? So it really grew organically from saying, from clients saying to me, I really feel the difference in my posture and I really feel the difference in how my joints feel. I really feel the fluidity of the movement pattern. So it really came from a very personal space. Um, but then as I've created as a fitness educator and taught more and more people, um, I've really developed the program. So it's grown organically from people saying, give us more, give us more. And at the same time, there's been really interesting advances in the science of movement and specifically walking and the rhythmical bipedal movement. So as a sports scientist, that's just really exciting because it coordinates exactly where the program lies. It's evidence-based, it's tried and tested. Um, so the whole concept about this rhythmical bipedal movement, that's where the real power comes. And we're talking about joy and feeling maybe more present and the striving, but actually it's the joy of the rhythmical movement, the bipedal movement that's really, really powerful for our cognitive creativity as well as our physical well-being. And when you learn walk active, it is about actually optimizing that fluidity of your movement pattern so that when you see maybe an Olympic athlete, um, you know, running and they just look, they look like they're doing it effortlessly. You know there is effort there, but it just looks really beautiful to watch. And it's the same concept with Walk Active, when you actually learn the technique so that you're using the right muscles and you're walking out of your space, everybody can walk better. And that may mean better for your mental well-being, that may mean better for your posture, that may mean better for your joints, it may mean better for your fitness. And I have to say, I do feel quite blessed and I feel truly humbled of how Walk Active has helped so many people. And I find it very stimulating. I really, really find it very stimulating. So I appreciate it. it's a contentious concept, like I'm helping people to watch better, but um, it's been a really, really humbling and joyful experience. And now we train trainers to become certified Walk Active trainers, to take it out into communities because the joy of actually doing Walk Active together is really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to, because I've tuned into some of your work and even just the, the small amount of cues that I've picked up have been supportive. So for those that are tuning in and are hungry to find out more, 
I know that there is, you know, you've been very generous actually here today. You've offered our community the opportunity to, yeah, maybe I should let you tell them what you're giving them away rather than give or give it away. Can you tell them a little bit? And then I'm going to ask you a question on the back of that. So maybe you can tell them. What okay, you're giving them away that's, that's really kind. So, so walk active is very much based in the technique. So regardless of how you might want to use walking to improve, you know, to help that healthy or fitter or trimmer or, or happier, it's all about the, the technique of how you learn the technique and put it into your body. So um, within the Walk Active app, it is the whole educational program where there's audio coaching sessions with me on your voice in your ear, where you can learn the Walk Active system and then actually follow a series of music-based programs uh, where you walk to the beat of music based on science to create different objectives. So we have a stroll stride program. So the Walk Active app is where you can learn Walk Active to walk better. And it's a subscription, but we have a seven day uh, free trial within the subscription. And I'd love your listeners, if you would like to have a try, there's no obligation at all. So you can have full access to the app. For, uh, just subscribe as long as you get uh, if you don't want it, it's not for you, not a problem. If you cancel that within seven days, it's been my gift to you uh, just to see how Walk Active may help you walk better. And that's in the Walk Active app. And I think your team have been kind enough to put the QR code and they can just search for it on Apple and Google uh, with Walk Active with Joanna Hall. So thank you. We'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes below. And that leads me to the question, some of the fundamentals that we are guided through. Can you introduce us to the fundamentals of how we can actually learn to walk better because I imagine each individual comes to you with a different set of issues. Some of us are more desk bound than others. Some of us have actually been through trauma. Some of us have been through injury, but also feeling into the fact that you've produced the program and there's probably some universality to some key fundamentals. Like you said, the three issues that sort of plague us, but then also some cues. Like, like I said, I've tuned into some of the cues of your work and already those subtle cues, like, you know, keeping my heel on the floor a little bit longer makes a difference, right? So can you tune us into some of the fundamentals um, of the work of Walk Active? And then also, or maybe cues is a different conversation, different question. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, with pleasure. So so first of all, the, the program has been scientifically uh, verified and proven. I worked with Professor Darren James. So he actually looked at the educational system of Walk Active and it has been scientifically proven to significantly improve your posture, scientifically proven to significantly joint, uh, reduce joint strength in the knee and the ankle. That's really important with where lots of people are with discomfort in their bodies and also scientifically proven to help you walk up to 24% faster. But it all comes out to the technique. So one of the fundamental concepts and this, again, may sound a little bit like, whoa, with why people walk wrong. And one of the fundamental concepts with Walk Active is if we are thinking about walking from point A to point B, we look at where we're going. The vast majority of us, and because of this sort of triangle of our lifestyle and muscular imbalances and physical story, we will step into that space. So when we step into that space, it triggers a whole series of movement patterns which involve the front part of the body, switch on the hip flexors and negates the posterior chain of the body. So the fundamental concept with Walk Active is that you actually walk out of your space to go to where you want to be, which kind of is like, whoa. <laughs> so let me give you a little, let me give you a little picture. Okay, let me give you a picture. So if I give you a post-it note or a sticky, yeah, all right. And let's little write a little message on that post-it note. So let's just say... Uh, Amrit, okay, let's put Amrit. Hello, Amrit. I'm going to write Amrit. Hello, Amrit, on that post it note. And on that post it note, I'm going to put it on the sole of my foot, 
on the sole of my foot, okay? And you're gonna walk behind me. So I'm standing in front of you, you're walking a little bit behind me, and as I walk, I'm actually going to try to leave my foot that's got the post-it note on the ground a little bit longer so that you can get to see the post-it note. Does that make sense? And then that, the back leg is then propelling you forward rather than yourself being pulled forward and stimulating the whole of your front chain of your body. So it's the idea of actually I'm walking out of my space so I start to engage more the glutes and the lengthening of that muscle and the front part of our body, specifically the abdominals and the hip flexors, are not switched on. So the front part of your body is open and that has a big implication on your posture. So that's walking out of your back space is probably my number one concept. To put that into your body, there are four parts of the walk-out technique. Four parts, okay? Your feet, your hips, your head and shoulders, and your arms, okay? And for each of those, really, really simple, you're gonna stop doing something, and you're gonna start to do something. So what we're trying to do is relearn the correct brain muscle pathway, okay? Because the brain muscle pathway has been very very strongly grooved to be this way, I'm walking in. So we have a physical movement pattern there, but I want to come back to something that you mentioned earlier on about when you're at the lights and you're like, I'm so gonna get across the room quickly. We as humans, we can be like, I need to be there. You know, I wanna be here. I'm not necessarily, we, we talk about being more present. We talk about more being more mentally present. And obviously that has benefits being physically present, but it does translate into our posture that very often we're like leading with our nose. So we tend to have these walking mistakes and that, those walking mistakes can be as a consequence of physical imbalances in our body, but also can relate to our sort of psychological, emotional state as well. You know, I want to be there, I want to be there, or I feel a bit kind of like, you know, like I'm really struggling with a problem or I'm feeling a bit flat, you know. So all of these things, we go out with good intentions. So your feet and what you do with them, your hips with what you do with them, with your head and shoulders with what you do with them, and then when you start to add your arms, we layer those on, and sequentially, it creates a movement pattern that becomes more smooth and flowing, so that you help you walk out of the space, and you use much more of the muscle chain at the back of your body, through lengthening and space, and that really assists the rhythmical bipedal movement, stimulating much more the creativity because evidence of science now is showing that 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 smoothness of rhythm is really great for your brain health but i also just as an adjunct just want to just mention something here um we've had chinese doctors do walk active and as i'm sure you and your listeners will be aware that you know when you exercise your body releases chi you know that kind of feel good feeling and where we have many many clients have said to us well, cactus just makes you feel really happy. It makes you feel, it makes you feel good. You know, it's a real positive connection with your body. And I'm not gonna, I don't know quite why that is, okay? I don't know, I have feelings about, I think I know why that is. But so Chinese doctors who have done walk active said, well, this is really easy for us to explain because when you're walking with walk active, because everything is aligned, with walk active, because it's not so impact, your body does release the chi, but whereas maybe when you might go running or cycling, and if the posture's not quite right, the chi is released, but then it hits a blockage, so then it can't necessarily saturate the whole of the body. And so the way that they explain it to me is that 
actually with Walk Active, because you've really got that flow and everything is using the right muscles in the right way at the right time in the right sequence, the cheese is like, yeah, baby, yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. It's kind of like, so from that perspective, it's like the cheese just, yeah, yeah. Yep, I'm just saturating every little bit of your body. Awesome. And that's irrelevant. So that's how it's explained to me. That's irrelevant of whether you, you know, of your age, mm. your stage of life, the transitions that you might be going in, your fitness level. And that's for me, you know, with 30 years in the industry globally, as a fitness educator, as a trainer, as a media presenter, you know, as this is my profession, I truly believe everybody can walk better and that's why it's been quite humbling and it's not about I've got to walk faster yes you can walk faster and yes you can so walk yourself fit we have a stroll to stride program in the 5k in the app where you walk 5k with great posture great technique and great pace so you can actually walk 5k um, sort of sub 50 minutes so that's that's quite a pace but I guarantee it won't look like this. Okay, I'm so gonna get this walk. <laughs> you know, it's like coming back to our post-it analogy, Amrit. It's like I say, when you're walking, you want to create a bit like a walk active. So you go past people like, wow, how do they do that? Because it's just like you levitate across the ground. And I think, you know, that's what I really love about it. And when we're training our trainers for the certification program as well, it's we have a responsibility and it's something that we can all do because we only have one body regardless of our shape regardless of our size if we can all have and build and nurture a more positive relationship with it and that whole thing of how you move your body and your posture it does have a physical implication but i also think it has a very powerful psychological emotional um, implication because when you are more open with your body it changes your vista your optic flow changes the way people perceive you it changes uh, your breath changes your diaphragm can move differently so it has huge implications psychologically and emotionally as well as obviously physically and those are my some of my favorite curiosity points right because yeah like i I was sitting there in meditation with my friends one time and I came out and I was being a bit of a Buddha. <laughs> I shouldn't scoff at what I said, but for me, this awareness dropped in touch wood that um, our body is a mudra, right? Like it's the way we're sort of, and for those that don't know, mudras are like little hand postures that, you know, the, in in Ayurvedic system, they sort of encourage like different types of energy flow depending on what sort of mudras you pick in meditation. The one that most people know is this one. But then also realizing that, okay, that's distilling a certain type of energy going through my body, but then actually just my whole physiological posture, the way I carry my body or the body carries me is dictating what energy is flowing through. And you mentioned the chi and how I navigate life. And like you said, I love the way you described it. Your whole vista changes. It really does, right? And so one of my um one of my key questions today is going to be can you help us walk through a little bit around you said there was certain things you're going to start doing stop doing um you said it starts with feet then it goes to hips it goes to heads shoulders and arms can you guide us through a little bit around when we start with our feet what do we start doing and stop doing because i've i've tried to nerd out I've done barefoot running trail running all sorts of stuff and it's like some people like it's heel striking some people's like it's midfoot some people's like it's forefoot and there's like all this 
anyway, I'm introducing probably a bunch of variables that aren't even relevant, but there's all this stuff to nerd out on, and I would love to sort of capture some some new valuable yeah. takeaways. So, so let's look at this because there are four parts to it. Let's look at this as a jigsaw puzzle. Okay, so if we have a five thousand word jigsaw puzzle, we shake it up. We've never done it before. It's a bit complicated, and we put the jigsaw puzzle down on the table. Generally, 98% of the population, depending on your jigsaw strategy, the four pieces that you would pick up would be the cord. <laughs> yeah. I've, been, I've got a two-year-old at home, and I'm literally trying to teach him that right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some people have such a – you find out people have different jigsaw strategies. But anyway, generally, 98% of people pick up corners. So when you get the corners – with Walk Active, each part is a corner. So one corner is the feet, one corner is the hips, one corner is the shoulders, one corner is the arms. And for each of those corners, you're going to stop and start something. So let's take the feet first of all. Um, with the feet, um, one, of the most, one of the main mistakes that people make is that people walk with what I call a passive foot. So there are 26 joints in the foot. And where we have a joint in the body, a joint is there because essentially we're meant to have some element of movement or mobility and so forth. But because of maybe the nature of our shoes, the way that we walk, the way that we lead our lifestyle, many of us actually walk without movement through those joints. So the foot strike tends to become what I call passive. So I don't know quite where the camera angle is here, whether it's going to catch it. But when people walk wrong, the foot comes down and it comes off the foot. So it's just here, 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 here. Okay, um, and then that also encourages the body then to, to step forward into space. So we need to stop that passive foot. So I'm giving you a real whistle stop tour. We need to stop that passive foot. That's the first thing we stop with the foot. And what we want to start is to actually have what I call an active foot and an open ankle. So an active foot is just as you can do this with your hands. Okay, so these are our phalanges and our carpals and metatarsals and wrists okay with our feet we have our phalanges which are our toes then we have the metatarsals and all the bones coming up here so just as we can do this with our hands it's idea that really we need to be able to have the same range of motion potentially within our feet so when we're walking coming back to our post-it note on our on our foot we want to be thinking about actually leaving the back foot behind us so that we start to have an active foot. So it's that real sticky foot. So we're trying to get more movement through the back foot, okay? So that's what we start to do with an active foot. And the second thing that we try to start with the foot is to have what I call an open ankle. So again, not sure quite where the camera, I'm moving back a little bit. This is this is more, more an authentic, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really grateful. Yeah. So, Yes, I want to walk that way, but I'm going to push myself out of this. As this training leg comes off the ground, most people, when they walk wrong, foot just comes forward like this, okay? And that gives us much more pressure here on the knee, and we're sitting in the hips. And actually, what we want to do is to walk out of our space. So I don't know if you can see, imagine where my laces are on my shoe. And if I pull up my trousers a little bit. So where my laces are on my shoe and where my bottom of my trousers are, that relationship is what I would call an open ankle. So there's much more openness at the ankle as the foot comes off the floor and I bring it forward rather than. Mm. That makes sense. Okay. It does. So the foot being active and being open, it sets off three things in the body. It will set off a postural change. 
It will set off a functional change because the tracking from your foot to your knee to your hip will be better, looking after your joints. And it also sets off a cosmetic change, like a visual change. So by actually starting to use the feet better, we stimulate the fascia net. So the fascia net, as I'm sure you'll be aware, is this whole connective tissue all the way through the body. And historically, we've always thought that the fascia is pretty dead and dormant. It doesn't really do much. But actually now more and more evidence is suggesting that the, the fascia has the ability to really become, we can regain that elasticity. And so what Walcat is doing is it really helps to stimulate the fascia all the way through the body. So the first part of the technique is to stop that passive foot and start to have an active foot and an open ankle. Um, so we practice that. And it doesn't need to be masses and masses of practice. It's little and often. And then when you feel happy with that, and in the app we do that basically, we have a little audio coaching, and I just ask people to do three lots of 10 minutes for a day, and then do that one more day, and then we add the second part. So the second part, if you'd like me to share that with you. Yes, please, the hips, yeah. Tell so me the second it. part is our hips, all right? So <clears throat> with our hips, we tend to do this. We tend to be slumped, okay? We're slumped. And we can be slumped because good old Newton's law and the apple coming down from the tree, you know, that's, we've got to face that, that's happening. And then we can also be slumped because maybe we set it down a lot and we're doing a lot of fine detail work. So the compression here, the other reason I could say that, and again, this may sound a bit contentious, but historically and traditionally, most people think about doing abdominals and it's all about this. It's all about the shortening. And Actually, we need to have length in this area. We need to have length for our gut health because for our peristalsis to make sure this has space. We want to have length in this area here so that we can actually switch off the hip flexors. They're the bully in the playground. So we can then activate the glutes. And by switching that off, we'll also start to actually use this lower abdominal muscle area, which can be problematic for back pain, can be problematic for shape. So we need to stop the slump and start to achieve what I call a hip lift, a hip lift. So hip lift, if you take the femur here, the thigh bone, and the pelvic girdle, if you kind of strip that down, if this is your femur, and that's your pelvis, when people walk incorrectly, and when we are sitting down a lot, or we're slumped, excuse me, basically the femur and the pelvis sit like this, so it's very difficult to move the leg properly. And the best way to do it is the hip flexors say, hi, I'm really good, don't worry. I'll bring the leg forward and the knee will bend. So our mind is, I'm going out, I'm having a great walk, I'm being healthy. But the actual movement pattern is suboptimal. So with the hips, we want to try to start this hip lift. So this is my thigh bone, this is my pelvis, but the leg can move properly. Okay, so the really quick way to do this. Uh, if your listeners and your viewers I can see this, this is what we call a global greeting, okay? Yeah. So we have our hand up first of all. We follow she the signs one. off some of her videos like that as well, guys. Just letting you know. <laughs> this, is, this is audio. So, um, but this is things that you can do right now, right now. So you've got, you hold your hand out and you fold in finger one, two, and three, and you have your thumb out and your little finger. Thumb comes to your rib. Okay, so physically touch yourself right now. Whether you're sitting listening to this, whether you're standing up, okay, put your thumb in your rib. Put your little finger down towards your hip bone, okay? And I don't want to hear any like, well, I'm not too sure I can feel anything. doesn't matter about that. Build a relationship with your body, with your physicality, okay? 
physical reference point. So rib with your thumb, little finger to your hip bone. And if you're standing up, which I would encourage you to do, just completely be relaxed, okay? Just be relaxed. And when you're relaxed, just notice that those two points are quite close together, okay? They're quite close together. And if I asked you now, if you do this with me, so you kind of get the feeling, if I asked you to do a back bend, okay? If you do a back bend, those two points would get further apart. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. So we want these two parts between the thumb and little finger to get further apart, but not, not because we go back, but because we go up. We go up, all right? So that we actually create more length between the rib and the hip here. And internally, that's gonna create more length between the pubic bone and the belly button. So the abdominals are actually contracting, but in a lengthened way. That gives us more space through the front torso. That also gives us more posture alignment through the back, which in turn means the hip flexors are less likely to fire. And that will encourage the glutes to contract as we walk. So with the hips, we stop the slump. We start the hip lift. Okay, we start the lift. And again, you'll get a postural benefit because that will actually start to open up the front body. You'll get a cosmetic benefit because actually this looks much better than that. Okay. And you'll also actually start to get a functional alignment because you, when you've got that lift, you get better tracking from the hip down through the body. And that in turn really starts to help safeguard the knee from the hip down, just as when we actually start to get the tracking right from the foot up. So it works all the way through the body to actually do that. And then we can do the similar thing of stopping and starting with the head and shoulders and similar thing stop and start with the arms. So it basically it factorizes up to create a movement pattern that feels more smooth, more flowing, regardless of whether you're wanting to walk for you know, health or fitness or mental well-being. It just actually creates a more smooth and effective rhythmical bipedal movement pattern. Because now what I'm hearing is, even as you were describing the lift, um, yeah, just noticing how much of our lifestyle factors, like even me sitting at the desk all day, um, doing a bunch of work. And also, I, I did want to ask you about this, and maybe I'll sort of, well, I'll point it into this question here as well. Just walking, cell phone walking posture. I see so much of it where people are walking and there are obvious hazards, which are people just like, they've had to actually ban it in some places in Australia. Now it's like people are walking on their cell phones so much that they're literally just walking into oncoming traffic and stuff. Um, so there's those obvious hazards, but the postural hazards of like being like having your neck and shoulders down and facing stuff like this all the time. I noticed even as you described like the spaciousness that was being created, just how, how much of an entrainment that is in the micro moments throughout the day. If I was learning to walk like this, like you said, initially in the, in the so-called moments where I'm not at the gym and I'm not focused on form, you know, but in all the in-between spaces in my life where I'm going to walk just literally to the coffee machine or I'm going to walk to make a cup of tea. And, and then obviously when I'm going for a walk with the dog and, you know, like there's so many opportunities to really dial in and reprogram my entire being in some ways, like even as you were describing the back body concept, I was tuning in and I was like, oh yeah, I feel like when I'm going to get out of this chair, because I was just playing along with you mentally, I was like, when I get out of this chair, I'm going to be going to the next space. 
and I could feel how much of that was led by this place in my sternum. Whereas when I was like, oh, how would it feel to leave this spot? And I was like, leave this spot. It actually encouraged me to sink into the spot much more fully. And what I mean by that, like, and I started to like embrace how I was sitting here very differently as well. So that cornerstone of that fundamental was really powerful. Sorry, you're about to say something. Well, no, I was just going to say thank you so much for picking up on that because I think, again, um, one thing I think what is really powerful about this is, and having you know, trained step aerobics, you know, that was one of my first things way back in Reebok, because for any of your listeners, remember, up, up, down, down, three knee repeat, and that was one of my first jobs, okay? You know, and it trained personal trainers and running coaches and slide aerobics and all these kind of things, these trends in the fitness sector where you go and you do that and then you carry on with your life. You go and you do that, you have fun, and you carry on your normal life. And it's actually how we carry on with our normal life that is actually more profound. So it's those in-between moments. So I, I think that is really interesting that you picked up on that because that is really where I think it's profound because what Walk Active does, it basically joins the dots on your life because it is the thing that joins the walking is something that joins the dots on your life of how you get from point A to point B. So the better that you can create your default movement pattern, let's look at it in that way, regardless if you want to walk off weight, regardless if you want to look after your joints, regardless if you're managing your blood sugars, regardless if you're actually concerned about your cholesterol levels, regardless if you want to walk better for mental well-being, actually how I move from point A to B is filling in the gaps and that is really where it can become very profound. So you're doing that consistently. You're being smarter with your time and smarter with your 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 well-being. And the other point you said about being present, I, I do think it help it makes it helps you be more physically present and maybe helps you become more mentally present. And if I could sh- share maybe a little little drill, I call it the 3D check-in, which might help you also. And there's also the open ankle drill, which again is in the app in that three days. So if you look at the open ankle drill, that's really helpful. But the 3D check-in is helping you, uh, helping all of us, just be aware of our three dimensions of our body. So that's our height, that's our width, and that's the depth of our body. So if I may, let me just share this because I, it, it kind of picks up a little bit what you're saying about being more physically present. So Obviously, when you're talking about your height, you're thinking about how your feet press into the ground and being tall in your body. So you grow into your height. And most people would think about having a piece of string and growing up tall. I actually don't purport to that because I think that piece of string, when it plays along our lifestyle, our lifestyle, our muscular imbalances and our physical story, that piece of string is basically just stretching out our muscular imbalances. But just kind of think about your height to begin. Just feel your height, press your feet into the ground really grow into whether you're five foot six, 172 centimeters, you know, whatever you are, really grow and feel your height from the feet pressing in the ground to the crop of your head. So that's your height. The width of your body, and again, I would encourage you to do this because you want to physically be present and physically touch yourself. So the width of your body is your earlobe on the right and the earlobe on the left. So physically touch yourself. That's, you know, put your hand over here. That's the width of your body in your head, okay? Then you've got outer shoulder, outer shoulder, physically touch yourself, okay, that's the width of your body, feel that width that you have, that you physically take up in this world right here, right now, then put your hands on each hip, okay, outside hip, outside hip, and then just actually look down and look at the outside of foot of the right foot and the outside of foot of the left foot, that's your physical width that you, nobody else in this whole wide world can actually take up, you take up that width. 
okay? And then your, your depth dimension is from, and again, I would invite you to do this, the tip of your nose to the back of your head. And even doing this now, it really starts to make you aware of, oh, was I just slightly leaning forward there? You know what I mean? You kind of start to give you that awareness. Tip of the back of your nose. Um, your front of your chest and your upper back. So again, you know, really physically kind of touch you. Um, this is a really interesting one here. Your belly area from your pubic bone to your belly button, so your lower belly and your lower back, okay? And then just look down to where your big toe is and the back of your heel, okay? So you start to have an awareness of the depth of your body, okay? So that helps you be more present. That will help your posture. But then when you are walking, okay, you want to be thinking about that same thing. So actually you're aware of, with every single stride, you're aware of your height, you're aware of the width of your body, and you're aware of your depth of your body. So that you basically take your body through that correct posture alignment with every single step you take. Now, that will actually, it does help you become more mentally kind of aware, but it can also give you that deep awareness of how your body is moving through space. So many of us, coming back to what you were saying, you're at the traffic lights, you want to get across there first, lead with our nose, yeah? And we may lead with our nose because that relates to our, our impatience, or we can also lead with our nose because our hip flexors are tight, so we actually, we can't open up here, so there we lean forward and that puts more pressure on the knees. And allow the head so, to drive us forward. Yeah, right. Sorry? Oh, sorry. I interrupted. I said that allowing no, us no, to allow the head to drive us forward, but I completely interrupted. Sorry, I should. Yeah, no, it's okay. So the head, that head jut is one of the big mistakes that we make. So that 3D checking, I just want to share because I think it's actually really, it's a really user-friendly thing to actually help us be more physically present in the moment, but also that concept of you're taking your body through that 3D, because many people were conscious that, yeah, do you know what? I do lead with my nose when I walk, or yeah, I do heel strike, or actually I'm just kind of staying within my little orb. You know, I'm not really filling the width. And the implication to come back to where you, I understand that your passion is with posture, when you actually improve your posture, it has a direct impact on your breath in that when your posture is better, specifically with hip lift, the diaphragm can move as it should, it's designed to move. So the diaphragm with each breath has about a 10 centimeter change. So that creates that volume, the breath comes in. But when we are slightly leaning forward, whether that's because we're kind of problem solving or we're feeling a bit blue or actually poor posture or lifestyle constraints, yes, that contributes to lower back pain, the head of the arm comes forward, so it stops behaving like a ball and socket joint. It behaves like an elbow joint, and that becomes very rigid. The lower back becomes very rigid. That has an implication on our walk, big time. That has an implication on our posture, and our diaphragm can only move about three centimeters. So then when we go to walk, if we're thinking about walking for fitness, we want to make it more effective, everything becomes tight, restricted. There is a correlation between the tightness in our shoulder girdle and the tightness in our pelvis. So if we are tight and restricted here, it has an impact on our breath, but that then translates to our stride, and that has implication on our knees. So in actual fact, this concept of helping you walk better is deeply intellectual and actually really stimulating because it's actually connecting with how our body should move as opposed to how our bodies have learnt to move. And Walking is something that we all do. It is the bedrock of our lives. And 
we can do wonderful things and it's not to take anything away from any other program but what I think Walk Active can do it can be a complete system in its own right but it can also be the bedrock to to so many aspects to complement your meditation to complement your breath work to complement maybe if you want to do a strength training program it's actually when you learn Walk Active you will get so many other benefits out of your life it really saturates and I like to think that it can transform your body and how you look and feel and perform but importantly uniquely I think it can transfer those benefits across all aspects of your life and and you know clients have said that they really have noticed a difference in their creativity they've noticed a difference in their just their outlook on life um how their joints feel and their motivation um and it's just something that actually we can all do so why wouldn't we want to do it to the best of our ability you know that's kind of how I feel about it <laughs> I love that Joanna I know if I don't do this and I'm sorry for doing this to you but I know if I don't do this there's going to be some comments in the, in the YouTube section below and I know there's part of me that's also actually part maybe I'm just using that as an excuse there's also a part of me that that needs to know um we covered two of the corners that you were describing and if we can oh, sort of yeah, at least sorry. make our way through the other two corners because yeah, yeah, I know yeah. when I when I created a lift for myself my shoulders hunched and I knew that in that space, I was probably doing something yeah. right because I yeah, didn't want to yeah, keep no, my neck good. so tight. So yeah. guide me through that little piece. I'm conscious of how much time yeah, we have cool. left, but I want to make it I'm super just, valuable for those. Okay, so, so when you do the hip lift, okay, when we do the hip lift, it is quite common that you feel like you lift up at the hips, but then actually everything comes up. Like, that's oh, literally what happened to me. <laughs> And that's great. It's like, oh, I'm lifting up, but I'm really up here as well. So it's almost like you want to create a physical oxymoron on your body, okay, a physical oxymoron. So, yes, you are lifting up from the hips, but with your head and shoulders, what we need to stop is that head jut, and we need to start a neck lengthen, okay? So we've got the feet being active and the ankles being open, okay? We've got the hips lifted. The third part is the head and shoulders. So for the third part, we want to be thinking about neck lengthen. We want to stop that jut and we want to start the neck lengthen. A couple of things you can do here. Imagine you've got a really long pair of dangling earrings and you want to show them. So they're not going to sit here. They're actually going to be able to move smoothly. Another way of thinking about it is take your global greeting again. So that's your thumb and little finger. Thumb comes into your collarbone and your little finger comes to your ears, your earlobe. And when people maybe are reading a book or leaning forward, you can feel how those two points get closer together. And actual fact, what we want to do is just create more of a stretch between those points. Now, what that will do is that will actually help open and lift and go back to our width. So when we did the 3D check-in, you'll feel the width. That will actually then help the diaphragm. Okay, yeah, I've got space to do what I need to do. Um, it will also then actually help you have mobility in the shoulder girdle. So that when you then move, your feet are being active, your ankles are open, your hips are lifted, you've got the distance between the earlobes and shoulders, this then actually opens up the shoulder area, the upper back area, which brings us to the fourth part, which is your arms, and what we want to do with the arms is stop either mechanical power walking, you know, I'm so going to use the arms, or stop the, I'm not using the arms, because when people walk wrong, it's, you know, Okay, or we can be serious. Okay, so we don't use the arm. But what should happen as a consequence of the feet and the hips, the head and shoulders, 
it's factorizes in. It's almost like the stories unfolded in our body. So the arms should just start to have like, whoa, a pendulum arm. That's what we want to start. Just that they're just like, they're just moving more. And what should happen is that the movement pattern should happen more from the shoulder girdle here, rather than actually here from the top of the head of the humerus, because that's not going to open this up. So we just start to feel like the arms have that pendulum swing. So when you're walking, actually it creates this fluid of movement of propelling you forward, not pulling yourself forward. So to summarize, third part, stop the head jut, start the neck lengthen, that's your head and shoulders. And the fourth part was the arms, stop mechanical power walking arms, or no arms happening at all, and just start this pendulum arm action. Just let them, let that happen so you allow it. And if that starts to happen, the story is unfolding in your body. Your body is actually, you're allowing walk active into, into your body to create that situation. So that's, I've taken you through a whistle stop. I know the whistle and I'm so <laughs> grateful for it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Great, Thank you so much for doing that and also providing us such an amazing opportunity to dive in for a yeah for a seven day free trial. One of the key things um, in there that is just present because of the string of podcasts I've been doing is as you're describing everything, I loved the 3D check in. It just felt so grounding just to do that. Um, and also there was a sense of maybe I'm too woo woo. Uh, <laughs> is there such a thing? There was a sense of sovereignty that really just felt really good to sort of go oh yeah this is this is my space this is my space and yeah, like even the way really you described it was cool. like no one else gets to occupy this space in my lifetime like touch wood, yeah. you know it's... yeah that's really interesting you say that you know a lot of you know listening to some of your other guests on your you got some amazing guests on guests on your podcast but they're talking about that concept of I am enough and I think mm -hmm. a lot of times we sort of we we just occupy our space Mm. and we kind of just go through life in our space yeah. and actual fact i talk about with the audio coaching and, and everything about actually fill your space it doesn't mean that you have to be all big and brash it's not about that it's actually i am this is mm. my physical space and i'm proud of what i take up and i think there are there's a lot of there's a lot of that you know, and that does have implications on how I say you are, how you are perceived and how you perceive yourself and how mm -hmm. you feel inside. Um, but it's allowing it and the smoothness. And I think a lot, a lot of times in this world, we do feel we are not enough or we feel we've got to be better. And that does translate into a movement pattern. And whilst we can go to the gym and we do something to correct it or we do a particular focus practice and those are all beneficial, I think think of this almost like walk out to like a dye dropping into a pool of water a really beautiful dye that actually can fill across all of those because it's something that you can all do we can all do and we can do it right through our lives and I think that's that's what's kind of powerful and that is that sovereignty you know yeah maybe that is a lovely word to use so thank yeah. you thank you and lastly the thing that is really also transpiring for me is we've had some guests on the podcast about the nervous system, the body keeps the score. And I can tell that a lot of movement patterns that get stuck are potentially like there's big T traumas, little T traumas, however you want to look at it, but there are patterns of mobility. And 
I totally nerded out on walk active because you use the word effective rather than efficient. Yeah. And as an engineer, like I'm super aware that efficiency is something that is widely touted as a beneficial thing, but a wheel spinning in the mud is doing an efficient thing, but it's, it's doing its thing. It's getting in its reps. It's efficiently spinning. Yeah. But it's not effectively digging you out of the dirt. There's a massive difference between efficiency and effectiveness. And that awareness of how effect, how to effectively walk. Um, and for me right now, just the, I'm at this corner in this, in this conversation where it's like me learning to do this and actually unlock patterns of movement when my body is freer is actually a whole healing journey. Like I don't want to overstate what is possible, but really I can feel for myself that, yeah, it's unlocking patterns and trapped emotions and things in my body that potentially, um, yeah, it's, it's a healing. It really is a healing that's available through this work. So I'm really inspired to be able to share this with everybody. I am beyond grateful for you <laughs> taking the time and energy to do this with us today and giving us a full on masterclass. And also Joanna, just because not only like, is it today that I get to thank you for this conversation, but also it's a lifetime's worth of work that you can sort of see you embody the joy as well that's impregnated into Walk Active, Touchwood. And I am just so grateful for you, at, like everything, obviously everything you share, but then also the vibes that you bring throughout it as well. The universal greeting is totally a thing for me. I totally appreciate that about you and everything you shared with us here today. Obviously, I'll put links to everything for everybody in the show notes below. Um, you guys can go check it out if you want to get that seven-day free trial we discussed. And also the app will be linked into the show notes below. And also just you, uh, your YouTube channel, Joe. Like even just some of the cues, like little, like little things I would never have nerded out on, like walk downhill rather than uphill when you've been sitting at a desk all day. I'm not going to tell anybody why I'm going to encourage you to go check out the video. There's all these cool little bits like you have, like I never would have considered, but they're all so useful and such easy takeaways. All of that to say, I'm just so grateful for you, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> Can I just say thank you? As well, first of all, it's been a joy to be one of your guests on your fabulous podcast. Thank you, but also for your very generous and uh, kind um, and generous, really generous words that are filled with gratitude. And I really appreciate that. I'm humbled. Thank you so very much for making me a guest on your wonderful show. Thank you to all your listeners as well. I appreciate it. Thank you. Pleasure is absolutely out. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving.